Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. I never remember which way I say is the future and is yesterday, so I just do it in all directions. The future! And at the end of the show, we'll tell all of you that the future is not here yet. It hasn't happened yet. That was yesterday's future. And my guests are all going to help me with that. I have four very interesting people on the show today. We're talking about inventions. Let me give you my, and welcome to our, our everybody wave to our live audience. People are watching us on LinkedIn, on Facebook. There we go. Let me give my opening and then I will ask my four esteemed panelists to introduce themselves. They're new to radio and live stream, so we're going to be really gentle with them. I'll try, Sean, I'll try. I, I want everybody to do a round of applause for Ms. Sean Taylor. Please clap for Sean. Sean helped me put this show together and she invited Michael and Linthea and Jeff and we'll be introducing all of you. But Sean, you did a lot of work to help me put this panel together and I am very appreciative of your work. So thank you very much. So let me tell you what we're talking about today. Okay, I have a quote from bigthink.com. Listen up. There is no telling what the futuristic inventions of the world hold, but we can start by taking a few wild and speculative guesses. (gasps) Robot butlers? Really? Some butlers on TV shows look like robots already. We won't go there. Fully immersive (laughs) VR. I have a VR headset. I'm not wearing it, but it's really uncomfortable and it's interesting going into that world. Cryonics, exoskeletons, flying cars. We've been hearing about that. And we had the Jetsons, what, 40 years ago on TV? Artificial gravity. I thought when I read this, it was artificial gravy. I think we've all had that. Fusion power and self-sustaining space colonies. Ooh, that's from bigthink.com. I have another quote here, the buzz number two. This is interesting. Some of you, I think, are are my guests are going to talk about patents today. The U.S. patent system is in the Constitution. I didn't know that till I looked it up. A patent's assurance of the protection of inventions is a key reason why companies invest billions. There you go. Thank you, Jeff. Companies invest billions of dollars in research and development. 2020, 2020 was the 28th year in a row that IBM led the U.S. in the number of patents granted. How about that? Interesting. Here's buzz number three. This is from Siemens.com. Every year, Siemens honors inventors of the year in five categories. Newcomers, open innovation, outstanding invention, lifetime achievement, and design and user experience. In 2021, last year, they awarded 15 inventors, and they came from the U.S., India, Israel, the U.K., Poland and Germany. How about that? So today I have four wonderful, I don't know where you all are. You're going to tell me where you are today. I'm just going to say you're local because I don't think you're in Poland, Germany, Israel, or India right now. We'll find out in a minute. Raise your hand and wave when I call your name. Sean Taylor. Welcome, Sean. We've been working on this for months. I'm so happy you're here. We have Jeff Gindin, G-I-N-D-I-N. He said not to pronounce it like the thing you put in the glass and put tonic with it. So it's Gindin, not Gindin. There we go. Linthia Muller. Linthia, wave hello. There she is. And then we have Michael Simmons. Hello, Michael. Welcome. And we're going to ask them for their take on the future of inventors inventions and technology and i'm subtitling this episode passion patents 
and patience. And I think they all are the ingredients of being successful as an inventor today. So welcome, 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 welcome. That means I have four guests in the house. Bonnie D here on Technology Revolution. Let's go around the table and find out who you are. Sean, don't be nervous. You're lovely, you look great. I'm a big fan of yours. So Sean, I'm putting you on speaker view. Behave yourself. And Sean, please tell everybody a little bit about your background and what's your passion for inventing? Because you are one of my champions. Sean is a major promoter and a, a participant and a contributor on LinkedIn all the time. And I follow you, Sean, and you do a marvelous job. So Sean, introduce yourself, please. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm so glad to be here with you. Uh, my name is Sean and I am from New Orleans. I'm a retired insurance agent and public tag agent here in Louisiana. I retired back in 2018. I have um, from banking background also, and I retired in 2000, um, March of 2018. I have a daughter who, as a result of an accident, is disabled now. That July of 2018, we celebrated her life in the backyard, and I was having a problem with flies. And that's how I became an inventor. I invented the short cover utensil rest uh, out of a need to protect our food and serving utensils. And it's been quite a journey for me. Sean, tell me more about your company. How did you name it? I see Open Door behind you, Open Door Kitchen. Tell us a bit about what exactly is this invention? What does it do? How would I recognize it? Go ahead, tell us a little more. Actually, I started out as um, So Flywear, which is um, the Open Door Kitchen became the parent company of So Flywear because of the my pain point of coming up with my invention. Uh, when I started marketing, as I got further into my process and I brought in someone to help me with my website and marketing, we decided to uh, rebrand the company. And that's how we came up with the Open Door Kitchen and decided to use Soflyware as a product category. And am I looking at an example in the in the image behind you when you're branding? What 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 does it what it actually do? Tell me, what does it do? It, it represent uh, it represent us a lot of food that we cook inside eventually ends up outside so I wanted something to represent indoors and outdoors so that's how I came up with the open door kitchen because my product is an indoor and outdoor um, product so my line of products that I'm working on is, is both indoor, outdoor, and um, I have a really big market. So that's where the open door um, came in at. Very nice. And we'll be talking more with you, Sean. I appreciate the story. Necessity is the mother, father, brother, invention. sister, stepchild of invention, all that good stuff. But you gave us the exact moment where you knew something needed to be done that wasn't in existence. That's what I'm looking for with all of you. What was that moment of inspiration, that need that you felt needed to be done? Thank you, Sean, and welcome. Let's go to our second guest, Jeff Gindon. I'm putting you on speaker view. Jeff, who the heck are you? And tell us, what do you do? And what's your passion for inventing? Jeff, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me on, Bonnie. I really appreciate it. Uh, my passion for inventing is really an accident. Um, I attempted to retire and I was riding my bike and found that I could not see rear approaching vehicles. 
and I was out on a ride. Uh, I had a thing about being able to see Mount Rainier when we lived in the Northwest. And so I could see Mount Rainier and then all of a sudden the roads merged and it got crowded with truck and no shoulder. So I started thinking about it. Um, that was followed uh, not many months afterwards uh, by an accident that my sister-in-law was in. She was hit. And then I started to get really motivated about this. And it's taken a very, very, very long time to even get where we are. So the idea is to be able to see ahead and behind at the same time without working your head around. Mm-hmm. And and that's as simple as the concept is. So over my right shoulder, you'll see a display which goes on the, the uh, handlebars. And over my other shoulder, you can see a camera that attaches to the seat post. I don't know if I've given much information here, but that that's that's it. I'm an accidental inventor. Excellent. Invent- and have you, is this part of a company? Do you have a line of products yeah. or is this it? Yeah. What's, what are you doing besides this? Uh, this is it. Uh, it. The company is called Cycling Designs. The product is called CycleSite. And that's, that's what I do uh, day in and day out now. That's fabulous. Most people would say, damn, or dang, or a word I can't use on my radio. So it starts with an S and ends with a T or something yeah. like that and say, I can't, I need this. I'm going to go look for it. That's what I would do. I go online. I'd say, does anybody sell this? And if you hadn't invented that, Jeff, and nobody else had, I would have said, it's not there. I don't know what I'm going to do. I probably would not have been the one to invent it. So you did because you took the need seriously. Very, very oh. interesting. I'm looking for that passion. I'm looking for that that seed of an idea. It, Go ahead. It is, I was just going to say, it's not a, for me, it's not a rah-rah kind of passion. It's pretty mm-hmm. deep. So I, I can't start, I can't sit here and jump up and down about it. So it, 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 it's just a need. And we have but, to hope that there's enough of a need. That's the passion is that's the need. There was a need. It needed to be filled. You filled it. That's it. That's fine. That, that's that's mm-hmm. actually great. That's more than most of us do. I say, where is it? I don't know. And I think about it. I don't I go do something else. I'll make a workaround, but I wouldn't invent it. You did. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate your Thank story. You. And I, I'm sorry about your sister-in-law. I hope she's okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay, let's go to Lynthia Muller. Hello, Lynthia. I'm putting you on speaker view. Welcome, and don't be nervous, and tell us what you do. And I see something about a pillow there. I'm ready to go to sleep again. I've been up half the night. So go ahead, Lynthia. What are we talking about today? Welcome. Hi, I, I am Lynthia Muller, and I'm originally from the Caribbean. I moved to the U.S. in 87. And until then, I knew nothing about invention. Um, in early 90, no, late 19, like 1999, I woke up one day and I had what seemed like a dream for an exercise machine and I just put it out of my head and every few weeks that I did just keep coming back and clearer and clearer so I finally decided I had to do something so that was the beginning of my first invention I invented an exercise machine called the absolute success and um, it's this uh, the ab rocker came after that which is kind of similar to to mine and then after that I got this idea to invent a safety device for vehicles so I just did car safe, which was put in a locking mechanism within the gear shift, sensors in every seat, and that was in 2000. 
And um, so you could turn on the vehicle, but you couldn't remove the gear shift until everybody was buckled up. That I did um, trade show in San Diego, and I had a lot of interest, like from UPS, FedEx, but didn't have the resources to follow that through. And then in 2002, I invented what was called the electronic menu, what you see in restaurants today. And I remember when I designed it, I was talking about swiping credit cards and everybody was like, what are you talking about? I said, I have the idea. I came up with it. You figure out how to make it work. And that, again, I sent out to Intel and a few companies looking for somebody to um, license it. But that didn't pan out either. And I just put it on the side. And in 2006, I started a global recycling company. So I was traveling around to the small islands, educating people on recycling. And my travel agent at the time would book me on only red-eye flights. And I would get on the plane with these neck pillows I pick over at the airport and nothing worked. And I just got so frustrated one day and I said, they gotta be something better. So I set out to design something and I knew what it was supposed to do, but couldn't figure out how to do it. And then one day I'm sitting there working on my recycling and God put on my heart butterfly. And I'm thinking, what is butterfly? And then I looked at the shape of the butterfly and that's how that design came up. So I finally figured out how to make it and find um, made a few prototypes for myself and some friends. It was just gonna be for my daughter and I, but everybody seems to like it. So I decided to do a test, went down to State Street where I live and did a test for five hours. Everybody loved it except one person. And then I decided to market it. And now this simple, I call simple neck pillow is relieving pain, helping people sleep, fall asleep better, fall asleep quicker, stay asleep longer. People use it by meditating. Um, I have customers who have been in car accidents and using it and said they can't do without it. So that's what I'm working on right now. Wow. Lynthia, do you sleep? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> you are a powerhouse. I, I lost count of how many things you've invented, whether they went to market or not. You're, you're a, I will say serial entrepreneur, but more than that, I'm going to call you a serial ideator, an idea creator. You see a need, you express it, you do something about it. Oh. Even if it doesn't come to pass, you, you made something happen, a prototype or something that people could try it. I want to know what happened to the one person who didn't like the pillow. Did you, did you, <laughs> what was their problem, Lynthia? She just said she liked, because I brought mine and one of the regular ones and had people try both. And she just said, I like the other one better. And she laughed. So she must have been having a bad day. Or maybe that's how she felt. <laughs> okay, so. that's fine. But I well, was happy for her feedback. Well, I see that's that's the open. Sean has the open door. You've got the open mind, the open spirit on. You want feedback because you want to market test it again with real people and get the okay. real feedback on how they. What, you are an impressive lady. I had no idea. I read your bio very briefly and I, I saw a lot of things, but you know, it's just on paper. And when you come on the show here, you're bringing it to life. You're an inspiration, Lynthia Muller. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for being here. You're, you're a powerhouse. When I said, do you sleep? I mean, are you always creating? Do you ever, is that brain always working? What can I do next? Uh, the menu men mentioned and you, so many, I've, I've lost track already. Lynthia, thank you very much. Looking forward to your predictions and to your quote we'll get to in a minute. Michael Simmons is next. Michael, I hope you're well, happy to have you here. I'm putting you on speaker view. Please introduce yourself, Michael Simmons. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Michael Simmons, I'm CEO of and founder of um, Silo Systems. 
I'm originally from New York, ex-military, and um, about four or five years old, I thought about uh, my first idea, I would call it. Uh, my uncle was um, sitting outside um, in his car, actually, with a long phone wire from inside the house through the window. And he was talking to a female friend of his. And I sat there and I just watched him while all my cousins and everybody ran up and down the street playing. And when he finished his call, I told him, I said, I'm going to make you a phone that you could just keep in your pocket and take with you so that you can call and talk to that young lady whenever you want to. And he pat me on the head and he said, um, you do that for me. But of course, <laughs> at four or five years old, I had no idea how to put something like that together. And uh, from there, it's just been a number of things that I wanted to, to in, invent, you know, just tinkering with things. And um, one day I was sitting, as I got older, uh, one day I was sitting watching the news and this lady ran off the road. And she was in a ravine upside down in her car uh, for about a week. So when they finally found her, she said, you know, I heard you guys going back and forth, back and forth, but you couldn't find me. So when they finally found her, you know, she was okay. They took her to the hospital, got her checked out. And I sat there and I thought, there's got to be a way to pinpoint someone like that. And I came yeah. up with um, this, this portable sign. And tell me about what does this sign do? Tell me a little bit more detail. Well, actually, um, it's controlled by the um, key fob. Um, you could um, write on there exactly what you want, like 911 or redirect the traffic or I need help. Or, um, and it, it also, uh, you, know, you keep it in the trunk of your car. Um, if you get a flat tire, you put it behind your vehicle or on your vehicle and redirects the traffic. Also has the key fob so that um, if you can't get it out of your car and you're like that young lady in her car stuck and the police are trying to find you, you hit the emergency button on it and it will accurately pinpoint where you're located wow. so that they can find you. So, and also, like I've noticed, like people getting you know flat tires and everything, you put it behind your car. It helps get the traffic a little bit further away from you while you're if you're on the side of traffic. Michael, very interesting. You started as, as an idea inventor at the age of four or five. Too bad you didn't invent the cell phone. That would have been interesting. I, I really Wouldn't be here on my show today. You'd be <laughs> off in a at a mansion, a castle somewhere, doing other stuff. I'm hearing necessity in a dangerous situation for some of you right there's a safety issue jeff in yes. yours and yours yes. michael sean food safety and linthia i'm hearing comfort i'm hearing convenience i'm hearing many different reasons this is very intriguing to me as i said i'm somebody who would look it up and say can i can i buy it somewhere does it exist i wouldn't necessarily invent it the one thing that i wanted to invent which sounds really silly is i used to wear high heels and i would wear through the rubber mat when i was driving i usually drive sports cars i was would wearing through the heel would run run through the rubber in the mat that's under my gas pedal and i would end up with oh sometimes i almost went through the floorboard if i was driving pretty hard i'm not a racer but i just like those kind of cars and i wondered if somebody would 
invent something that would hold up. I don't wear high heels anymore. And I also was hoping somebody would invent something where a woman, forgive me for this, but you put a lot of things in your purse. I do. Men may do it in their briefcases and purses too. I don't know. And you can't find it. I was hoping there would be something like, okay, my wallet would have a certain velvety feel. I'd know velvet money, something like that. And then my glasses case, other than the shape, would have a certain. So there would be a texture-based identification of what I was, a billfold or or something where I could just grab in and feel it and know what it was and you would sell a set of those. I'm probably making absolutely no sense here. Thank you all for discussing your backgrounds. I'm very impressed. Sean, I'm very honored that you're introducing me to all of you. I, I really am. A round of applause for Sean again. Come on, Sean, Sean got you all here and I hope you're having a good time and now we're going to do the hard work on the show. Let's go to the quotes. I've asked you each to send me a quote from a fictional character or a song lyric, fictional character in a movie or TV show, or a song lyric that has nothing specific to do with inventions, what we're talking about today. And you're going to relate it to our topic. So Sean, I'm starting out with you. And you sent me a lyric from one of the most beautiful songs I think ever written. The song is I Hope You Dance by American country music singer Leanne Womack. It's from 2000. I thought it was I thought it was way longer ago than that, but that's already 22 years ago. And I'm just going to read a little bit of the lyric and then Sean, I'm going to put you on speaker and I want you to tell us. So the line is, I hope you never lose your sense of what I'm going to cry. You never lose your sense of wonder. You get your fill to eat, but always keep that hunger. May you never take one single breath for granted. God forbid love ever leave you empty handed. I hope you'll still feel small when you stand by the ocean. When one door closes, I hope one more opens. I'm going to finish it. Promise me you'll give faith a fighting chance. And when you get the chance to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. Oh, Sean, how could you do this to me? I'm sorry. <laughs> this is in the notes of my closing for my creativity radio show on Monday night. And I haven't read it in a long time. And it always makes me cry. Sean, yeah. related to our topic. Was that beautiful, everybody? Sean, related to the topic, please. Go ahead. I love the song. I absolutely love the song, but how it relates to me uh, recently is since I became an inventor, it, it brought me into this zone. It's like I became single-minded and there were so many moving parts. And when you have an idea and you're trying to bring it to uh, fruition, there are so many parts to it, like doing a prototype and you get in a zone and it requires you to think and figure things out and you're like almost there and you don't want anyone to move don't breathe because i might lose my thought it's like i'm almost there and the kids are like we're thirsty we're hungry and and i'm trying to figure out like how long can they go without water you know how long can they go without me feeding them because i'm in this zone and you you can get so caught up in the moment when you're an inventor it's like going into the basement and locking yourself in there. And I did that. And life was happening all around me. And I realized at the end of um, 2021, um, we had a passing and it took the wind out of me. But I had realized that I had not been living. I have not been enjoying life. So that's why I love that song so much because, you know, when, when you become an inventor or you are in the midst of inventing something, you can just like shut yourself off from the world around you. So if you get a chance to sit it out or dance, 
I hope you dance. You know, it's like, don't forget to stop and smell the roses along the way because inventing can definitely consume you. Thank you, Sean. That was was lovely. When I, I talk to my son, he always puts a timer on to see how long before I start to cry. And so I lasted. That song really brought me down but and brought me up. It's a beautiful song. Sean, yeah. what you're talking about, I'm trying to pick up on the hints of who you all are and what inventing means to you. We haven't talked about technology yet, and we'll do that in the predictions, but you're saying focus, single-mindedness, sometimes to the exclusion of things that are important to you, people who were important to you. So I'm trying to paint a picture of the persona and the mindset of the inventor using the four of four of you as my prototype. So thank you very much. Jeff Ginden, I'm going to your quote. This is a powerful one. It's from Lady Jessica, played by the actress Rebecca Ferguson. The movie is Dune 2021, Dennis Villeneuve film adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel Dune. Okay, the novel was written in 1984. Well, let me see, it's portrayed by blah, blah, blah. There was a film in 1984 as well. Um, there's a Sci-Fi Channel miniseries about Dune. There's a Children of Dune. And Jessica, this character, is described as having hair like shaded bronze and green eyes and an oval face. Definitely not me. Here is the quote Jeff has picked. It's five words. Fear is the mind killer. Oh, Jeff, be still my heart. How'd you find this one? Go ahead. <laughs> I I don't know. I guess I stumbled on it. I'm a little bit of a fan of some science fiction. And uh, they original author of Frank Herbert was, of course, infamous and famous for all the work that he did and, and his writing. And this, this character is really interesting. And in the different iterations, this film has been out, been remade about three times. But what I didn't know about this was this quote or something like it goes back hundreds and even thousands of years. And Bonnie, you are the one who taught me that, and I appreciate that. And so it, it has a, a ring, a historical ring to it of what, what we all go through every day um, in, in terms of trying to get something done. And, you know, the, the, the negativity you have to fight. So. Mm -hmm. Fear is the mind killer. So fear is the invention killer. It's the entrepreneurial killer. It's the I can't do it. People will... Linthia, people won't support me. They won't fund me. They'll make fun of me. They won't like it, right? Fear. So we're, what we're saying is if you're going to be an inventor and successful and have something, even if it's one really great product like yours, Jeff, you need to get past the fear, right? I'm, I'm trying to build this personality, this persona, if you will. We're doing very well. Thank you, Jeff. Powerful quote. Linthia. Here's a really great quote. One of my favorite characters in TV, Leroy Jethro Gibbs, played by Mark Hamill. Hammond, Harmon. He hasn't even been on the show the past year. He's now directing and producing, and I miss Leroy Jethro Gibbs on NCIS. Uh, it's, I, I think, in its 5,000th year already. And this quote is from episode three. Season three, episode 23, Hiatus, part one. And it was actually attributed to John Wayne, interestingly enough. And it's one of Gibbs' rules. It's rules number six. And Linthia, just forgive me here for a second. I just want to give some of the other rules. Rule number one was never let suspects stay together. Rule number two was never screw over your partner. Rule number three was always wear gloves at a crime scene. Rule number four was don't believe what you're told, double check. And rule number four or five is never be unreachable. 
Okay, let me let me go back to the quote that you've selected. This is interesting, Lithia. Lithia, never apologize. It's a sign of weakness. Wow, I have to stop apologizing to people. I'm sorry, Lithia. Go ahead. How'd you find this one buried in Gibbs's rules? Um, well, my daughter loves the show, and she was watching, and she'd come talk to me about the show. So I finally watched. She would show me scenes. So I finally got hooked, and then we started watching it. So we've been watching. And every time I hear him say that, I realize I keep relating it to myself because in the past, every time I'm working on something, the kids, somebody wanted something and I keep apologizing and putting my stuff on hold. And I one day I finally realized, you know what, that makes sense. I need to just stop apologizing. So when I saw that, it really related to me because I put so many things on hold. For example, the neck pillow, I put it on hold for so long because everybody needed something. You know, and I keep apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And every time, if I felt every time I apologized, I just went down a notch because I felt like I failed, you know? And then I finally realized, wait, the only person I'm failing is me. So I'm asking everybody, please forgive me. I apologize. And the one person I keep forgetting to forgive was myself, you know? And I said, one day I said, you know what? I forgive you, Lynthia. And I just took off running. <laughs> so. Oh, that is so sweet. So honor yourself, honor your role as a creator and ideator and inventor and stop saying I'm sorry to people. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna put that rule. I'm going to crochet it somewhere or just write it on a sticky note, put it on my computer so I remember it. Thank you. Thanks for giving us all permission for that, Lynthia, with that quote. Michael Simmons, you have a, a quote that's three words. I have no idea what you're going to do with this. It made me laugh. It's from Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer, speaking to Johnny Ringo, played by Michael Bain. The movie... Tombstone, 1993 American Western film. Uh, I don't. I have all kinds of notes here about it. Retired peace officer Wyatt Earp, played by Kurt Russell, ooh, and his brothers Morgan and Virgil, left their gunslinger ways to settle down and start a business. <gasps> Maybe they were inventors in Tombstone, Arizona. But trouble soon finds them when they become targets of the ruthless red sash wearing. Ooh, they're hurting my feelings now. Red sash wearing cowboys gang with Wyatt's best friend Doc Holliday. The brothers pick up their guns once more to restore order to a lawless land. And here is the quote. <laughs> Everything in the movie, this is what Michael picked. I'm your I'm your Huckleberry. Michael, <laughs> Michael, you got to help us out with this one. What are we talking about here? Go ahead. Well, I'm your Huckleberry. To me, it goes back to, like, again, childhood. Um, growing up and watching that movie is like, every time I talk to people, it's always, what if they came up with this? What if they'd done this? What if they'd done that? And to me, it's always going home and trying to figure those things out. I'm the Huckleberry. I'm the one who wants to be the one who comes up with an idea first. So challenges, creativity, it's all just, I'm your, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll try to go first. I want to figure it out. I challenge myself to get it done and go from there. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I like quotes that need to be related because I have no idea where you're going and I love the surprises. <laughs> Thank you all for your, your quotes. Very creatively done. I appreciate that. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go into our predictions and here's how it's going to work. Sean, I've already picked your prediction number one. I will read it and ask you to unpack it. I'm going to pick one for you, Jeff, one for you, Lynthia, and one for you, Michael. I'll put them each into a private chat just for you so I don't disturb anybody else. Okay, so Jeff, yours will be up in a second in the chat. And what I'd like you to do is this is not going to be a roundtable discussion unless. So let's say there's something about Sean's prediction that really 
gets you going, Michael or Lynthia or Jeff, you have a comment. Raise one of your polite fingers to me. Just wiggle your <laughs> I have no sense of humor. It's just my show. Uh, I want you to raise your finger and wiggle it, and I will see you when I will nod meeting. I will call on you for a brief comment on Sean's prediction. If nobody comments, I will go right to Jeff's and then right to Lynthia's and right to Michael. So you have the option of commenting. Just don't jump in. Just wiggle finger. Remember, one of the night, pinky is good too. And tell me, and then I'll call on you and just say something and then we'll move on. And let's see how many predictions we can get to. So here we go. Sean, prediction number one. I've happened to predict number one for you. I don't know. I won't necessarily pick them in order from anybody else. Sean says, the invention process will be more effective for ordinary people, I think that's all of us maybe, versus big companies at the collabor- as the collaboration and networking continue to grow on social media groups, invention shows, digital streaming TV, YouTube, and streaming TV. Sean, talk to us. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Um, as I mentioned earlier, inventing has a lot of moving posts, parts, and it can cost so much. And a lot of um, parts in your process, you have to bring someone in, which um, there's all these different moving parts where now you can go to social media and find them. You can get a lot of information from uh, within social media groups, um, YouTubes, even with marketing, I've been able to uh, do some marketing at a very um, low cost as a result of um, social media and YouTube and all of these different channels. I've been having an awesome mentor since I was three weeks in as a result of social media. So unlike like IBM, they have all of these resources to bring in um, all of these experts all around them, but as just an ordinary inventor, I was able to get a lot of what I needed and a lot of resources through different channels like social media, uh, invention shows, they're on TV, um, like Shark Tank and those types. I you know, literally learned from those shows mm-hmm. as a getting through my process. So it's, uh, it's even learning how to market. I did not buy a marketing expert. I got a lot of stuff through um, all of these different channels. So it's, it's great. And it, it becomes cost efficient for us ordinary people because we can't hire a team of people and put them around us like some big corporations, but we have access to all of this stuff through all of these different channels. Thank you very much. There there is a wealth of information out there. And as I said, I'm the one who would be looking up to see if a product existed rather than inventing it. And that's another way of learning. Anybody have a comment on on, uh, what? Yeah, Jeff, I thought I saw that. I saw a polite finger, Jeff Gindle, go ahead. It's so interesting to me that you, uh, put it that way that some, you know, you hear about these big companies and even small ones that have co-founders, but there are a few of us out here that don't have that, but yeah. we have somehow found people who will help. And so it, when I thought about this, it, it's those people are kind of the substitute for the co-founder and you, you have more of them without the financial burden of, you know, having to 
finance both people, both co-founders through this. Interesting. Uh, and and I've also, Jeff, to your point, I've also heard many people say, if you want to be successful in your career or as an entrepreneur, you need a board of directors who yeah. are mentors, coaches, yeah. not necessarily paid, who will meet with you maybe once a month, once every couple of weeks, just as a sounding board who are willing to participate right. and collaborate at that level. Is that that's part of what you're talking about, yes. you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Has anybody used that method, Sean or, or Michael or Lynthia? Do you have a sounding board, Lynthia, who, who listens to your ideas other than the woman who didn't like the neck pillow? I'm sorry. Uh, I have I, a few. I have a few people. Yes, I use a sounding board. Yes. Interesting. And I've been contacted. Uh, I've been in business marketing for many, many decades and um, started radio about 20 years ago. By the way, I'm an entrepreneur. I started radio, business radio as an employee of a very large company. So I was an inside entrepreneur called an entrepreneur. And now I'm an independent broadcaster. But I have created 52 radio series. Actually, we're probably up to 55 this year in the past 11 years. And I haven't missed a day of hosting and moderating any of my shows, sometimes up to wow. 250 a year. So I'm an inventor. I've invented, I think, this format of the three-minute soundbite and of using the quotes and getting a panel of, of interesting people together. So I consider myself a little bit of an inventor. But I was going to say, I've been contacted by a lot of companies in the past two years that say, be on an advisory board. Be on an advisory board, unpaid, but they say that's a way to get exposure if you want to be getting exposure as a consultant, as a marketer, as a writer, whatever you're doing. And they tell you what the company is, and then they ask you how you can add your expertise as an unpaid advisor in meeting with them once. I don't know. It seems to be the rage, and I felt like I was wasting my time. But more and more, I'm seeing on people's LinkedIn just LinkedIn bios, Sean, I'm seeing on the advisory board of XYZ Company. Has anybody else been asked to participate in any of that? Any of you? Nope. Okay. Well, think twice because it, it can drain your time. That's all I'm going to say. No, <laughs> nobody send me, send me hate mail on that. Let's move on. Thank you, Sean. That was a great prediction. Jeff, I'm going to your prediction number one. Also, this is a specific prediction. You say the emergence of an all-encompassing computing device that will combine the phone functions with tablet function and laptop capabilities in a totally new form factor. I want to know how big will it be and what will it weigh? Jeff, what do you predict? Um, small. I, I can't give you a weight. But when I read many years ago that you could create an image um, using dust particles that are in the air, I, I haven't heard anything about it since many years ago when I heard that. But to me, that does a couple of things. It gives you a keyboard, it gives you a display, if you can do it. And if you can't, then you have a wall to go against. So it, it's somewhat founded. It's not, it's not honestly that far out of an idea because of miniaturization. Um, we may, in a technological sense, be approaching the miniaturization uh, limit for a while. It's still, I think, technologically, it's within reach. It's kind of crazy to think we have a tablet and a laptop and a desktop and a phone and a this and a that and that, 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 that. doesn't make sense. Very, very interesting. I have a friend who is a diabetic 
and he now has the the bolus pod delivery system uh, attached to his his tummy area where he can actually use a separate device to deliver based on how many carbs he had at a meal and what his glucose number is he also has a separate pod that you click you put it on the pot on his arm and it delivers a number of where his insulin level is where his glucose level which tells him if he needs to use the other one plus he has a cell phone plus he has a laptop you're getting my getting so i i have a sign on the door that says when you leave did you take your glucose <laughs> monitor your laptop your glasses your sunglasses your hat your cell phone and i make him check the list because i don't want his cell phone ringing on my on my table next to my garage door an hour after he leaves i don't want that so my point is you're right so the question is how how will we train people? Are you going to invent this, Jeff? Do you think you might no. be the No, 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 no. I'm done. Sure? I'm done. I think Lydia wants to work on that with yeah, you. Yeah. I have, I, no, she's shaking her head. Okay, if you, were, if you were to invent it, Jeff, what would the name be? That's an interesting question. Do you have a name for it? I, I don't. Um, I, I would think something all-encompassing, like, I don't know, compass, world, uh, universe, uh, I just call it the function, the function, the the functionary. That's it. The everything. The everything. This is my everything. Okay. You are my everything. Anyway, the everything. Okay. (laughs) Michael, do you like that name? The everything? Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Michael, we'll we'll collaborate on that. Lynthia, you don't want to be in on it? I think we should all get together, have a party, and invent the damn thing. Thank you very much. I want to go to Lynthia's prediction. Uh, Let's see. I'm looking at prediction number four. This is interesting, Lynthia. You say businesses are going to be more about partnerships than employees. Employees will be huge contributors to corporations, and they will be the pillars of the organization. All I can say from your lips to, you know, whose ears. Lynthia, talk to me about this, please. I... I thought of that because the way things are going, companies um, are not going to be these massive companies anymore. That's what I see in the future. Um, instead of having all these employees, people are going to contribute and be partners, you know, owners in these companies because together they have so much to offer. People have so much to offer. Yeah. And instead of taking a job, they can say, hey, you know what? Hey, I'll bring you on for percentage of the company. And that way people could go on to be part owners in multiple companies rather than just working for one company. Because everybody have the expertise that they want, that they have to share with people. So it's like, hey, yes, I could do this for you, but I want a percentage. So instead of having all these employees, you just have partners, you know. And do you think and- that would help with entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, inventions, innovation inside the company? Definitely, people- yes. Ah, that's where I wanted to go with this on our theme <laughs> of inventions. Okay, interesting. Anybody have any thoughts about what Lynthia just said about the idea of partnering in a company? Ah, you got to be careful how you pick your partners, though, right? You got to pick your yes. partners carefully. We all know that. Jeff, anything you want to say? Well, I, I was just reading yesterday an article in, in Fortune about, uh, you know, this whole controversy of people uh, going back to work, not going back to work, working remotely, and on and on and on. And that kind of fits with this. If you're a contributor, which not in a negative sense, because some people use that in negative sense, to multiple companies using, even if it's two or three, whatever, using your expertise, almost like a semi-consultant and, you know, having a, a small share in it. Maybe, maybe that's going to happen and maybe sooner than Lynthia thinks. I don't know. It's just interesting. 
it is, it is interesting. And I'm, I'm interested in the perspective of innovation and creativity and ideas. And, you know, it used to be, if it ain't fixed, if yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's not a squeaky wheel, don't put the oil on it, right? Don't yeah. shake it up. Um, work for the company. Nose to the shoulder to the grindstone, nose to the wheel, whatever the phrase used to be, get it done. You think of Charlie Chaplin on the on the uh, assembly line, right? In the in the old movies, and you think of get your job done, clock in, clock out, and just do what you're told. And now we're saying companies are looking for innovators, right, Sean? They're looking for people who will help them think outside the box. And I like the idea of partnership being why would you invest your idea in that company if you're not going to have some kind of gain from it, whether it's financial or whether it's reputation-wise. Interesting idea, Linthia. Thank you. And let me go to Michael. Michael, we're finally going to get to a patent prediction here. You say the fees for obtaining a patent, and I don't even know what those are, will decrease significantly and not be so difficult or hard to look up Ooh, for people and families to research. Well, tell us, Michael, we need a lesson on patents. Go ahead. Well, um, patents cost quite a bit, especially when you have an attorney doing the research for you. I went to maybe three different attorneys to get my patents and quite a bit. But the thing is, though, when you're um, looking them up yourself, it's much more difficult and you don't get to get as deep into it to find out all the things that you are looking for. Um, I have a friend who was trying to get a patent and he did a little bit of research. He found out what he was looking for, but when he went back to his attorney because of her fees, he thought he could do it himself. He found out that there were more patents out there for what he was trying to invent, but he couldn't find those himself. So there got to be other ways of, of making it a little bit easier to get as deep into the research for those patents. And less amount for the attorney fees when they're doing them for you. So that's that's pretty much where I was with that. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Can you give us an idea what does a patent cost? Are we talking under 5000 well, over 10000 uh, What is it? Uh, according to what my attorneys were <laughs> yeah. me, I, I paid, I, I had three patents for one invention. And um, I paid about 15000 so far. Uh, uh, so far, so that's five thousand a piece, right? Okay. Well, that's, that's pretty much just on his research, and um, depending on what the technology is, it costs a little bit more because mm -hmm. the research goes into if someone else have that patent or not. Well, not the patent, but the idea, mm -hmm. and you have to work your way around those things. You know, so if there's more, if there's a couple of things that's similar to yours. Your attorney comes back to you each time you talk to your attorney. There's more every hour you're on the phone with them. There's more and you got to go back if there's something similar to your idea. Well, you know, there's a guy out here that has something that's kind of similar. If we went and did a little bit of this or twerked it a little bit more. But each time you're doing these things and relating your, your, your research with your attorney, you're being charged. You know? Interesting. So we need and, somebody to invent an easier patent research and application <laughs> process, right, kids? There you I go. could call you all kids. There yes. You go. Very interesting. I know that uh, Brian Freed, who I, I met Sean through Brian, his Inventors Club, and as I said, he has been a guest on my TV show when I was in New York, and we've been friends for years. Um, I know that uh, Brian has invented some kitchen tools oh. that are 
but it might be just one mechanism on something. There could be the tongs you pick something up with, and I think he invented a little thing that fits on the tongs that holds them together so they don't do this when they get worn out. And yeah. uh, he has something that's a just a collapsible egg holder, an egg tray for your refrigerator where if you only have a half a dozen you collapse it so that the second six go underneath and you're not taking up so much room but these were little brian looks for little things on something that exists that he can make better that's how he does a lot of his practical gadget inventions and i know his stuff is in in stores everywhere so very very interesting thank you for that michael a uh, reality check i appreciate that let's go let's see if we can hit we have ooh, seven minutes left let's see if we can quickly get a couple more predictions in here i'm going to sean your number four this is interesting let's keep this brief you say college will become obsolete as children are taught to become more innovative inventors entrepreneurs and financial and technology savvy. I know, think of the money you can save on college education and you put into patents, Michael. Sean, quickly, let's do this one, then we'll see if we get one more from each. Sean, go ahead. Yes, I, I agree so much with what Lynthia uh, was saying. I was like, oh my God, I am going to be coming um, IP and I can have a business uh, license me <laughs> personally. But since, since I've been an inventor and I've been meeting so many people, I realized how broad inventing and innovation is. And a lot of that is getting passed down to generations, our kids and the grandkids becoming entrepreneurs. And also that, um, I lost my train of thought, but even with my grandbabies, I am teaching them how to set up e-commerce. They have been helping me in my business. So it's like they're gaining this business sense. And since the pandemic, a lot of people has become entrepreneurs. It's like they are taking what it is that they love to do, what they know how to do, and they're creating their business. And there's no need to go to college because they're already somewhat an expert at at what it is that they're doing. So I see less and less people actually going to college because my grandkids are like learning how to run a business. So by the time they're adults, whatever it is that they wanna do, they can go out and start their own business. Thank you very much. I know there are schools uh, in New York, there are schools for entrepreneurs, for kids that are, are not going to be college. There are people running programs like that. You're absolutely right. Let's do quickly 60 seconds each. Let's go to prediction number four from Jeff. Roads and transportation in general will become obsolete in the next 100 years. We have to wait that long. Jeff, what, what are we going to have instead? How will I get from point A to point B? It will be all be on Zoom. Jeff, 60 seconds, go. I really don't know. But the but look, in the 1948, 49, on the cover of Post or Life or whatever, we predicted the flying car, still hasn't happened. But there will be a time when something has to give in terms of our transportation. It, and I don't know what it will be, but it will be very different. So, and in fact, some of it we're experiencing in a way now with the surge in bicycle sales. So. Yes. Who knows what it's going to be? I just have this feeling, and I will never know, uh, that something radical will change. Well, Lynthia has a prediction I've picked for her next one that might answer your, your prediction oh, question, Mark. Lynthia says single passenger drone travel will be a standard mode of transportation. Lynthia, there 60 seconds, when and where? Go ahead, Lynthia. 
oh, I'm thinking in the next five years, we're going to start seeing that people get their drone. They got to go to San Francisco for a meeting. They get in their drone. They got to come back. Oh, yeah. I, I see that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No need to wait on the, on the planes and sit in traffic. So people will say, I'm going to get my drone on, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> there you go. By the way, I, I had a gentleman on, on two of my radio shows recently who uh, he writes books, he does all kinds of things, and he invented a drone that is a, an app for sharing your drone. And on the t- on this show last week, his name is Alex Becker, B-A with two dots over it, the German version, C-K-E-R. And he showed us a demo of his drone parked near a beach in Extapa, Mexico, live on the show. And he has on-screen controls where if you subscribe to his service or it, I don't think it's commercial yet, you can fly his drone within a geofence that he creates so you don't get in any trouble and watch the turtles hatching on the beach and look at the waves on the beach. And his idea is people around the world will share their drones through his service and subscribe and that you, Linthia, could... R- fly a drone in some place where you are not and you don't own that drone and you could fly somebody so you're basically creating a sharing economy for drones not for moving people yet but for sharing drones michael let's go to your last one and then we've got about three minutes left two minutes michael says "Uh uh-oh homes will come with set tvs that fit the wall and are mounted within the walls i think you're scaring me michael 60 (laughs) seconds go for it well actually it's something simple like you know i've been going around looking at a couple of houses and everything and most of the people that have their flat screens on the walls, they take them. So they leave the wires lingering from the walls. So, and then you have the other homes like with awkward walls, like where on this wall can I put my TV? Mm-hmm. The flat screen TV, so now they're pulling away the... The, um, yeah. the bracket? Yeah. That ugly no. thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So now if you have TVs mounted in the walls in the awkward positions or throughout the homes already, they have to go out and purchase any. They're already there. No controls available. Here you go. I like that. I had a friend years ago who who used a special kind of silver paint, painted it on a wall. We're talking eight feet by six feet, created a screen on a painted wall in the living room, used a projector on a table about 20 feet away and was able to project a live baseball game this was 15 years ago onto the screen so big that the baseball players were bigger than we were as human beings <laughs> and i'm watching a game and it's on this huge he had a huge house living room wall and i and that i don't know if that was an invention or something that he heard from somebody but he literally painted the screen with this reflective paint painted a screen on the wall and projected the image interesting there you go i like your idea michael when you invent it you and linthia are going to invent it and sean and mike (laughs) and and jeff and i are going to help you market it and we'll help you get the patent for it the two of you i think it's great (laughs) i am so honored the four of you took time out of your very busy schedules to join me today sean again sean kudos you selected three wonderfully interesting people to join you and me on the show today i am very grateful to you sean taylor and i know you were nervous at the start but i think you're a real live stream radio and tv pro now sean so see what you learned by being on the show with me today and i want to thank my engineer gabe and we've got less than a minute to go and i want all of you a, a quick homework assignment right now and stick around we'll talk afterwards i want you to wave your wag your finger and say no 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 on the count of three when i get ready okay people say and i promised you this at the beginning of the show people say the future is already here and where our answer is one two three no 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 no. No. oh we got a lot of no's there a little little scraggly but we got let's one two three again one two three no 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 no. 
very definitive, very, very exclamatory. There we go. That's because that was yesterday's future. Today's future, that was it right after I said the word future. That was it, and it's gone already. It hasn't happened yet, and I know we're all here to try and make it a better one. Bonnie D signing off. Everybody wave goodbye. Thank you to our live audience. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.